Sunday's game between the New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could be one of the biggest and most electrifying moments of Jameis Winston's career. We got all that and a little bit of lanyap for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome into a Locked On crossover edition of Locked On Saints and Locked On Buccaneers. Don't worry, I only said Locked On Saints first because the Saints are hosting. It's only because they're hosting. All right, calm down, David. We are very, very excited to be here with you and to bring you all the information that you need ahead of this Tampa Bay Buccaneers and New Orleans Saints matchup. As always, we are part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, covering both these teams every single Monday through Friday. We appreciate you so much for making us your first listen on Locked On Bucks and on Locked On Saints. You've got David Harrison at DHarrison82, host of Locked On Bucks, and myself, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, host of Locked On Saints. And today's crossover Thursday is brought to you by our good friends over at Prize Picks. Uh, Prize Picks is so much fun and it's easy to play. No competing with other players. It's just you versus the projections that are available. You pick two to five different uh, players. Choose whether or not going to come in at more or less than their prize picks projections. And it can take literally less than 60 seconds to fill all that out. And you can walk away with 10 times your entry, depending upon how you bet. First time users can get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 by using promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. David, it is always a ton of fun to talk Saints in Bucks with yes. you. Especially with me, because I always say something about Jameis Winston. Even if I don't mean it to be insulting because I, I'm a Jameis guy. Like I have been, you are a well, believer. You have been. Well, so going back to 2015, actually. So it's interesting because Jameis and I actually entered the NFL world at the same time. I began my NFL mm, covering mm-hmm. career, whatever you want to call it in 2015, the, the, tw- the buildup to the 2015 NFL season. My first published Buccaneers article was why the Bucks should not draft any quarterback, not just Jameis, but any quarterback roll with Mike Glennon, build the team around the future eventual quarterback. Obviously, that didn't happen, but I'm a huge Jameis believer, but I always say something, and then Saints fans come after me on Twitter. This year, the YouTube comments are available, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm just going to get run through the ringer for something I inevitably say about Jameis as it gets taken. You already just picked Mike Glennon over Jameis Winston. I'm just highlighting (laughs) that. I'm just highlighting that. I don't mean anything by it, but I'm just saying, if you're looking for something, there it is. There you go. Uh, (laughs) Not even five minutes in, we're already done. It's it's over. David Harrison hates Jameis Winston. (laughs) David Harrison chooses Mike Glennon over Jameis Winston. I can see the headline now. I might even write it over at USA Today Saints Park. There you go. (laughs) So as we dive into our crossover Thursday, we always start with the biggest story For each of these teams, I'm going to be talking about Jameis here in a little bit. But before we get to that Jameis breakdown for you, David, over in Tampa, what's the biggest story coming into this game for the Bucs? You know, it wasn't this when I woke up Wednesday morning, but looking at the initial uh, injury report coming out Wednesday from both Bucks and the Saints, it's the health of the receivers (laughs) or the lack thereof. Right. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, Russell Gage. Rashad Perryman, your top five wide receivers for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, all on the injury report, calf, hamstring, knee, hamstring, knee, like, you know what I mean? And, and, and and hamstrings, you know, uh, uh, like, like a sprained ankle, they know nothing to play with, right? Like it's, it's, it's interesting. Mike Evans, you know, I, I think Mike Evans is just more precautionary than anything. 
Julio was able to play through the Dallas Cowboys game, so I expect him to probably be fine. Brashad was on the field as well, but I mean, for a team that let go of Tyler Johnson and now he's with the Houston Texans, mm-hmm. like, look, like, I don't know, Houston, like, hey, man, you're playing for ties. Are you are you open to, like, a seventh <laughs> rounder for Tyler Johnson? Let's bring him back on to the roster and see if we can flesh out a, a team. So, yeah, I mean, when I woke up Wednesday morning, I wasn't expecting this to be the biggest story for the Buccaneers. But now, I mean, Tom Brady had a rest day on Wednesday, but really it's because he had no receivers. Like, you know, you're not going to yeah. throw Tom Brady out there to throw <laughs> one routes to or number one, you know, reps to, to Scotty Miller. You know, no offense to Scotty, but yeah, it, it's just crazy how many receivers are on this this injury report. But again, coming from the school of the Patriots, Tom Brady and just the games that Bruce Arians, old school coaches like Todd Bowles like to play. I mean, honestly, all but Chris Godwin could actually be perfectly healthy and they're just playing right. mind games with the Saints, too. <laughs> it's it's an interesting thing, right, to watch it because the Saints sort of have a similar injury report. I mean, like <laughs> I was mentioned, this is kind of an injury novel uh, going into this one, but I, I think most of those are Matt Reyes' new kind of approach to, oh, are you hurting? Great, sit down. We'll right. see you in a couple of days. Like that's just kind of been their very cautious approach. For me, the biggest story going into this one is Jameis Woods. It, it's mm-hmm. simple, it's easy, it's plain as day for me. It's Jameis Winston. Jameis played in the Caesars Superdome last year against his former team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, for the first time and then had the season-ending ACL injury that sent him on almost a year's worth of just grinding to get back to the football field. And he did it at a timeline that no one expected. He was out there for OTAs, not just present, but participating. He's out there during the regular season when most people were saying, oh, they signed Andy Dalton so that they could start Andy Dalton. No, he played and he played his tail off in the fourth quarter, like, uh, really the whole game, but he played his tail off in particular in the fourth quarter, almost perfect against the Atlanta Falcons. And now here he is again, second game of the season, still effectively coming back from that ACL tear in a usual timeline. He would still be in the rehab process, but Jameis is out on the field and he's going to be ready to go this weekend. And it's, 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 it's inspiring to see it's, Mm -hmm. if I can just be a normal person for a second, it's awesome to see. And it's going to be really intriguing to watch because he was having a pretty good game up until that injury and he had been building up and he looked really good this past weekend when he had time to throw the ball. And when the tempo and rhythm really set in. So I'm curious to see kind of this, him going up against his former team, but also the team that ended his season prematurely last year, how that affects him positively or negatively. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but, you know, talk about inspiring and and amazing from a human standpoint. Also as amazing as Jameis Winston dancing with the crutches in his hands at the end of that game. I was going to say, I'm kind of disappointed that if he gets the W, I hope he just brings the crutches and does the dance. Just bring the crutches back anyway. (laughs) He's perfectly healthy. Just bring them back anyway. Just just do it. Um, And just to reiterate, Devin White, not a dirty player. Zero will intention in that play. It was he's trying to make football. I I agree. but yeah, man, I mean, look, you know, Jameis has always been an inspiring guy. Like I go back to his rookie season and they came in and everybody's like, you know, look, we're not looking for Jameis to be the leader of the team right now. We just want him to be a quarterback, get his feet. It was like week four. Like, all right, Jameis is the leader of this team, guys. We're all going to follow what he does. <laughs> I mean, this is just what Jameis does. He inspires people. He motivates people. Just just he draws. He's got that kind of energy. Right. But then you look at the Buccaneers side too. Chris Godwin, same, you know, same boat, like coming mm-hmm. back from his ACL as quickly as he did. Very inspiring. Again, he's dealing with the hamstring. I don't expect Chris Godwin to play in this game. But the fact that both these guys were able to come back from their ACLs, like, yeah, ACLs aren't what they used to be. 
but let's also not go too far the other way and pretend right. that ACLs are just like, you know, rolling your ankle. Like ACL is still a significant injury and it takes a lot of work and a lot of discipline, honestly, because these guys are competitors. They want to go out there and they want to push their bodies, but you got to push, but also be smart. Go up to that limit, but don't go past that limit and aggravate the injury. So it really speaks to uh, not just the dedication uh, and, and the craft that these guys put into the, to what they're doing, but also the discipline and what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, coming up next, we're going to dive into our key matchups here between the Saints and the Bucks. David just told you about the litany of wide receiver injuries. And even if all of them, aside from Chris Godwin, are able to go, it could still have an impact on the game plan. And David's got a pretty good idea of what that might mean for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers run game. We'll get to that and much more as we continue on with this crossover episode of Locked on Bucks and Locked on Saints. But first, I'm going to tell you about Turo, T-U-R-O, the world's largest car sharing marketplace. And David, I don't know about you. I kind of hate the process of renting cars. You go, you you jump on the website, you kind of, oh, here's a price for a midsize. Here's a price for a family car. Here's a price for a luxury car, all that stuff. And then you show up and you really still only get handed the keys to whatever it is that they have. Kia Soul. Soul. (laughs) Right, exactly. It's always a Kia Soul. Every now and then you get lucky and it's a Mazda Forte. But right. we're 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 better than this. We're better than this. And sometimes you need to be able to get the vehicle that perfectly fits your trip. And that's where Turo comes in. Because if you're looking for a spacious SUV for a family trip, maybe even a minivan, you can make sure you get exactly that. You want a classic or a luxury car for a special event or a really like you're excited about a date, you got a date out of town, whatever it might be. You can make sure you get that car as well as just an economy car to help you get from A to B. They serve everywhere, USA, Canada, and even the UK. I might even call these guys up when I'm in London for the Saints and Vikings game. So that's because I'm not trying to mess around with all of those boring rental agencies. Instead, find your drive at Turo.com. All right, everybody, continuing on with this crossover Thursday edition of Locked on Bucks, Locked on Saints. We appreciate you so much for making us your first listen of the day every day. Your trusted sources for all of the biggest stories around your favorite teams in less than 30 minutes. David, we've broken down the biggest stories for both of these teams. Now let's get to the key matchups. You mentioned the the the, the injuries to the wide receiver room as your biggest story. How do you feel like that potentially impacts the matchups that you're keeping track of going into Sunday's game? Well, I mean, it's going to be huge because the, the emphasis this season is protecting Tom Brady. And I know mm. that's not a surprise to anybody. If you have Tom Brady on your team, the emphasis is protecting him. And when you look at this <laughs> offensive line and their new three-man set on the interior of the offensive line, I think a little bit too much has almost been made of it, to be quite honest with you. Like Shaq Mason coming in, like there's there's kind of this like feel around the national media that seems to be like Shaq Mason is like some scrub that the Buckman right. just dug right. up from bagging groceries like Kurt Warner and, and put him on the offensive line. Like, no, this is an NFL lineman who protected Tom Brady before. Like, there's a pretty good chance Tom Brady is the one who said, hey, Jason, Shaq is the guy that I want to bring in here. Uh, Robert Hainsey had a really great offseason. I mean, we had the ability to get some great insight from Fox Sports' Carmen Vitale, who used to be uh, a Buccaneer staff writer. She knows these guys really well, was going around to offensive line camps all offseason and really got in in, in depth uh, mm-hmm. with Robert Hainsey's workouts this offseason, so we know how much he's done. So, I mean, they're, they're, it's not like a ragtag bunch of that interior line, but it's still a fairly unproven interior line that lost a little bit of, of juice uh, with with Ryan Jensen. But still, even with that, 
my key matchup in, in this game, Russ, is actually the other side of the trenches for the Buccaneers, mm. and it's that Bucks defensive line going up against that Saints offensive line. And, and I love the way that you do on Locked on Saints where you kind of break down all this stuff and and talking about Grady Jarrett just kind of wrecking things and oh, looking at, at right. Grady. And I'm thinking Vita Vea, like, bro, like if Grady can eat, then Vita should be able to eat, and that's mm -hmm. a big dude. But this Buccaneers defensive line has starved against New Orleans Saints in the Todd Bowles era. And I'm not talking about head coach. I'm talking about defense coordinator into being a head coach. Ross, how many sacks did the Falcons get on the Saints last week? Four. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have six sacks. Nice. Six regular season contests against New Orleans Saints. The Atlanta Falcons with Grady Jarrett and a bunch of what other people think are Shaq Mason-like players got <laughs> almost as many sacks against this New Orleans Saints offense than the Buccaneers have had in their entire tenure under mm. Todd Bowles. That is not Todd Bowles' defense. I need that Buccaneers defensive line, Akeem Hicks, uh, Vita Vea, William Golston, and the rookie Logan Hall to step it up and help get that organic upfront pass rush so that Shaq yeah. and Joe Tryon, Shoinka, Devin White, Levante, David, Mike Edwards, as they mix it in, can come and do something. We need at least four sacks from this defensive line for the Buccaneers to shake this voodoo that the Saints have over them. Yeah, that's going to be a huge piece throughout all this is kind of the, the makeup of all of that. And the thing that's really interesting is that Grady Jarrett and that Atlanta Falcons defense getting four sacks in this game was kind of completely unprecedented considering that they had 18 uh, the entirety <laughs> of the 2021 season. So it was a little bit unexpected uh, to to see all of that. And I think understandably so because they haven't been, uh, they just haven't been that good on the defensive right. side. So, and what I keep saying over here at Locked on Saints is, this Tampa Bay Bucks front is better than the Atlanta Falcons front. There's like no doubt about that. So you have to be able to get the trenches solidified there. Okay. My key matchup, and, and come on, you, you know where I'm going. You know where I'm going. It's Marshawn Lattimore and it's Mike Evans. Yeah. Like it's, it's yeah. must-see TV every <laughs> single time. The thing about it is that I feel like Mike Evans got a little bit, got a little bit of juice last year between these mm -hmm. two players. Uh, go, uh, up until they met one another in 2021, the two games last year, Marshawn Lattimore versus Mike Evans went like this. Nine receptions on 20 targets, one touchdown, one interception, 45% completion percentage, and then 77.3 uh, passer rating when targeting uh, Mike yeah. Evans. So pretty good there by Marshawn Lattimore. However, yeah. in the first game that these two met last year, it was two receptions for 48 yards, including a 41-yard uh, reception and a touchdown. And then in matchups between the two, uh, in the second matchup last year, which was completely defensively dominated by both sides of the ball or by both teams, with the exception of the fact that Dennis Allen was going like very like ball control for the Saints offense, one catch, 14 yards, which resulted in a first down. But that was kind of it. So really what you're looking at is like one 41-yard catch, and then the rest has been really good for Marshawn yeah. Lattimore. So I'm looking for Marshawn Lattimore to con continue that. He was, what's a word that I can use here? Stupendous. That's a word I haven't used in a long time. That's a nice word. It's a good word, right? He was yeah. stupendous against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, some of his matchups against the Atlanta Falcons last week included being matched up on Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Collectively, he allowed one catch for six yards. Yeah. Not Pretty bad. good guy. I Not mean, uh, that's that's like Buckeye caliber football. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's 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 Ohio State caliber football, and what he's done to Mike Evans. You know, generally speaking, I think you like you mentioned the highlights. 
but he's kind of like generally put Mike Evans in this Texas A&M versus Appalachian State uh, situation, <laughs> which we know App State is obviously the juggernaut in that whole 100% situation. That I need to give you a shout out, though. Now that you brought up the Dennis Allen win last year over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, his first win as an NFL head coach, shout out to Ross Jackson again early this week on Locked on Saints for not only throwing throwing shade at one of the teams that I covered, the Locked on Bucks, by talking <laughs> about Dennis Allen's first head coaching win coming against the Buccaneers, but also the locked on commanders and the commanders team that the, the new Orleans saints had a massive comeback win against last year Uh, or no. uh, Yeah. Last year when they were, you know, under a different team name or whatever, but not one, but both of the teams that I cover shaded by Ross Jackson this week in the locked on Saints. There's levels to this podcast game. It was stupendous. (laughs) Honestly levels. Um, all right. So those are the big, big matchups. We got, we have a little bit of time here. What about uh, uh, maybe a secondary matchup that you're, that you're watching? Yeah, my secondary matchup, and I'll go a little bit quicker on this. Saints fans are going to love everything I have to say here. Leonard Fournette against that Saints rush defense. Look, 23 touches, 137 yards against the Dallas Cowboys. Unfortunately, no touchdowns, but Leonard Fournette. Uh, I nicknamed, I nicknamed him in week one. Uh, love to see it, Lenny, because you just love to see everything <laughs> that he was doing. The man had like five or six explosive plays just on his own uh, in, in that game. But here's the thing. Leonard Fournette has played five career games against New Orleans Saints. Never rushed for over 100 yards. His career high is 72 yards in one single game. Zero touchdowns, rushing or receiving, no touchdowns. Ross, this man has more pass attempts against the Saints than he has touchdowns against the Saints. Uh, Now, to be fair, Lenny has only had 20 touches in one game. That came in October of 2019 with the Jags. He's got Mm -hmm. like three or four single-digit touch games as a Buccaneer. So, so really, you know, that those numbers are skewed and slanted a little bit because of those factors, but bottom line is he's never won against the New Orleans Saints. So Todd Bowles as a Buccaneer coach has never won Bruce Arians since he arrived, Todd, Tom Brady, Leonard Fordette. These guys have never beaten the New Orleans Saints. Uh, so in the regular his, season, in the regular, right. Yeah. In, the re- in the regular season. Yes. I'm glad you said that Bucks fans are going to kill me um, <laughs> in the regular. These are all regular season numbers guys. Um, but but again, if you go back to the protecting Brady, right? Leonard Fournette would be a huge part of protecting Brady because the more it's in Leonard Fournette's hands, the less it's in Tom Brady's hands. Yeah. Can he shake all of those bad stat totals and put some good stats on paper? Because if he can, then then the Buccaneers could shake the, the curse that they've been facing. 100%. And the Atlanta Falcons did a really good job resetting the offensive line or the yeah. resetting the line of scrimmage, excuse me, against the New Orleans Saints last week. Can't let that happen if you're the New Orleans Saints defensive line with a better offensive, well, not necessarily a better offensive line, but I, I will know I'll say that a better offensive better, line. Yeah. yeah. And a and a better running back, honestly. I mean, Cordero Patterson's a converted guy. Litter Fournette's yeah. been doing this his whole life. He a grown man. So yeah. I completely understand. I mean, that. look. No, no shade to Cordell Patterson, but every time they try to run him between the tackles, is what, what are you? What are we doing? Well, what, unless, what are we doing? unless it's against the Saints last week, he, he, he had a lot of success up that a gap, man. It was hey, up those a gaps, man. It was a problem. It was a problem. Broken clock is right two times. Today, right? <laughs> there you go. Uh, my kind of smaller matchup that I'm watching, which is still a pretty good narrative here: Todd Bowles versus Dennis Allen, two former defensive coordinators, yeah. both had their kind of legendary, offensively minded. Two of the brightest coaches when it came to offensive game planning step away from football, let me say it that way, over the course of this offseason. Now they step in to their roles. They've each been able to already have their hands on creating what these defenses are over the course of the recent years, and now they move in here. I'm slightly giving the edge to Dennis Allen going into this one only because Mm. he's been there, done that against this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team as the interim head coach in that game that you mentioned last year. 
Right. Thanks for thanks for bringing that up again. It is my pleasure. Coming up next, <laughs> coming up next, we're going to give our score predictions. And here's what I'm going to tell you. David and I are going to agree. What we agree on, you'll have to wait and see. We got that coming up for you as we continue on, on today's crossover episode, Locked on Bucks, Locked on Saints. The line for this game, according to our friends over at Bet Online, is minus two and a half for the, well, I got to go this way, the Buckaroos. So actually, the Bucks are favored here. The Saints are home dogs in this game, in their home opener here in 2022. Now, those of you who are Saints fans that are watching and listening, you have an opportunity to make a difference in that, of course, at the Superdome. But if you can't be there or if you don't have the opportunity to make that difference of being in the Dome, you can still get in on the action by heading over to Bet Online, where you can go ahead and bet either for the Saints or the Bucks to, to cover, the Saints to win, for the Bucks to only win by one point. There's a whole bunch of different ways that you can go about it. And you can even bet on whether or not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to score more than 10 points in this game because twice over the course of the past two seasons, they haven't, David, oh, they haven't. So that's a thing uh, that you can also check out over at Metal Online. And of course, there's more NHL, MLB, uh, NBA, even of course, with the season right around the corner. Everything that you need in terms of your betting needs, you can find at Bet Online where the game starts. All right, everybody, wrapping up this crossover Thursday edition of Locked on Saints and Locked on Bucks. David Harrison at DHarrison82 co-host of Locked on Bucks, myself, Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson Nola here on Locked on Saints. All right, David. So let's get to our score predictions to wrap all of this up. Um, as you look at this game, the Tampa Buccaneers coming to New Orleans. Again, the uh, Bucks are minus two and a half point favorites. So two and a half point favorites in this one. Where do you go? Where do you see this game? How do you see it shaking out? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I'm actually really surprised the Buccaneers are favored in this game. When I looked at that line myself, I was I was surprised. I was honestly mm. very surprised. I know the roster, you know, you look at the Bucs roster, Saints roster, you say the Bucs are more talented, but that's been the case since Tom Brady arrived, mm -hmm. at least, you know, and, and, and move forward. Uh, but the Saints continue to find a way to get this done. The, the, all, the, so I have this analogy, right? The only thing worse than what the Buccaneers have done in the regular season in the last three years against the New Orleans Saints is me playing Call of Duty. <laughs> I'm terrible now, at Call of Duty. Right. Now, I hang my hat on. I've been to real war. Right. And I was successful. You've been there. <laughs> the Bucks hang their hat on. Well, we won in the playoffs. And we got a Lombardi, <laughs> right? So there's a similarity here. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, the Buccaneers, the similarities might continue. And as I continue to be terrible at Call of Duty, the Buccaneers have a trend going. And the trend is this. The anomaly games, the anomalous games come in Ray J nine, nothing 38 mm -hmm. to three, 34 mm -hmm. to 17, getting doubled up. Those all happen in Ray J in the Superdome. The Buccaneers still lose, but they're more traditional scores. 36, 27, 34, 23, 31, 24. The trend here is the New Orleans Saints put up 31 points minimum. The, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers put up 24, 27, 23 points, right? Mm -hmm. So my score prediction, just looking at the trends, guys, I mean, look, I would love to predict the Buccaneers win. But Locked On Bucks listeners and viewers, hopefully, if you love me for anything, you love me for the fact that I'm going to give it to you straight. I'm not going to sugarcoat nothing. I got Saints 31-24, man. I can't. There, I wow. mean, the, the roster is better. The Bucks roster is better. 
period. Mm-hmm. I mean, my favorite first-year head coach this year is Todd Bowles. My second favorite is Dennis Allen. My second favorite would have been Byron Leftwich of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Didn't Jaguar that whole thing up. Oh, I can't but believe they, did. they didn't hire him. So he'll be my favorite first-year head coach next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but you look at the trends, man. And, it, and I mean, Todd Tom Brady hasn't made the difference. Todd Bowles has been there. Byron's been there. I mean, you know, Todd Moore has been there. Like, these guys have all been there. And just game after game after game in the Superdome, the Saints score 31 or more. The Bucks struggle to score more than 27. 31, 24 is where you have to go. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I knew we were going to agree. Yeah. And uh, and here we are. Listen, I, I think the New Orleans Saints will win this game on Sunday. And a lot of people I already hear you. I already hear you saying, whoa, whoa, but you predicted the Saints to lose this game in the preseason. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So what this means is beware the upset later on this season on a team that the New Orleans Saints aren't supposed to lose to, right? That's Do the Saints play means. the Lions? Because that's a, that's they a dangerous They don't team. play the Lions. That's one of the first ones I thought of too, and I'm glad that they don't. New uh, Orleans North basically up there right, right now in terms of their coaching staff. And also, I mean, they've got Mark Brunel. They've got Aaron. It doesn't matter. Anyway, this is an Alliance podcast. I'm sorry. You're doing that later. Uh, so yeah. for <laughs> so for this game, I think the Saints can actually can actually pull this game with a win. And 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 the thing that I think will make the difference is and, and the thing that changed my mind it was a seeing Michael Thomas all throughout training camp and just how ready this guy was, but then watching it all come to fruition against one of the NFL's best corners in AJ Terrell uh just this past weekend when it mattered the most. I mean, down 16 when some wide receivers would, I don't know, take their jersey off and exit, you know, dancing in the back of the end zone. You know what I mean? And so, like, there are all of these things to where, like, Michael Thomas, I'm sorry, I had to do it. Michael Thomas didn't need to be that guy in that moment, but he absolutely was. Dennis Allen, his calm, cool demeanor, making sure that everything happened, and it's still accepting, like, accountability on the back end, but then giving the team credit for the good things that happened. I mean, a lot of this just felt like, okay, this is a well-coached team. And it's not one that wasn't aggressive. Jameis had one of the highest aggressive throw percentages in the NFL, which is something that a lot of people were concerned the Saints wouldn't do without Sean Payton, that they wouldn't have that aggressive thing. If you're going to put up 30 points in this game, you have to be aggressive. And I believe the New Orleans Saints can do it. I think they can win this game. I was actually pretty close to you. I was going 33-27. So I was just giving it the extra field goal on each side. So that's kind of the way that I had went with it. So that that that's my takeaway in terms of my prediction for this one. Yeah, there's only two things that I foresee the Saints stopping the Saints. That is the salary cap finally catching up to them and they have to release everybody. Stop it. (laughs) And for some reason, the Saints believe they have this tight end that can play quarterback snaps or take quarterback reps. It's it's insanity. It'll never work. 57 yard run. It'll it'll never work. I tell you, it'll never work. (laughs) All right. So we threw a lot of information at you. So on these crossover Thursdays, we'd like to make sure that we're recapping everything for you. So let's recap here. Everything you need to know about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling to take on the New Orleans Saints. David, biggest story for the Bucs coming in. Yeah, until the until the injury report gets a little bit more clear and we get a little bit more information on some of these guys, it could be posturing. It could just be coaches playing the injury report game with each other. But the health of the wide receivers, the fact that the top five receivers on this Buccaneers depth chart are all on the injury report right now and either limited or missing practice because of it. That is a concern for me, and it will remain a concern until at least two of those guys uh, come off of it or, or are cleared for for Sunday. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. For me, over on the New Orleans Saints side, it's all about Jameis Winston. This is the team that he went up against last year when the ACL tear happened that ended his season as the New Orleans Saints starting quarterback. 
far more prematurely than anyone had expected. This is also, of course, a team that drafted him number one overall, and it kind of unceremoniously at one point moved on from him. There's a little bit of a revenge factor here. There's a little bit of a combat factor here. There's all of that. So how does that end up impacting Jameis, who started to answer the revenge factor question early on in last year's game when he was injured? seemed composed, seemed positive, seemed like everything was there for him. Now he has this other kind of bug with being in the dome where it happened, going up against the same defensive personnel, all these other things. So it'll be interesting to sort of see how that impacts him going into and throughout this matchup. Now, uh, biggest key matchups that you're watching over on the Tampa Bay Bucks side, David. Yeah, I'm looking at the trenches, and again, I know that's the easy answer. Of course, everybody says the trenches, but specifically this Buccaneers defense under Todd Bowles has only gotten six sacks in six games uh, against the New Orleans Saints quarterbacks. You need at least half of those. You need at least three, I think, in this game, whether it be Taysom trying to run the ball, whether it be uh, James, well, if he's trying to run, it's on a sack, but whether it be Jameis or Taysom <laughs> maybe getting a, a pass attempt in there mm-hmm. uh, every once in a while, you know, that you need to get at least three of those sacks, preferably on third down. That would be absolutely amazing if they came on on third downs because that third down defense can be a problem sometimes for this defense against uh, this this offense. But that's that's the matchup number one. The second one, Leonard Fournette, again, his, his kind of terrible history, whether it be from lack of playing time or, or just, uh, I don't know, being a Jaguar for a little bit, um, not having success against the New Orleans Saints. Want to see him continue what he did in week one, uh, continue that production, and then maybe find the end zone once or twice. Absolutely. Shout out to... Uh, uh to Tony Wiggins, locked on Jaguar. Sorry for the shade, homie. You don't deserve that from David. I don't know what I don't know what David's doing. Listen, he anyway. predicted the Jags to beat the Commanders. I tried telling him he was wrong, and he just <laughs> went with it anyway. He put that on record. So he put that on there. Uh, for me, the key matchups that I'm going to be watching are, of course, Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore. Should Mike Evans be able to go in this one? Which, if we all know the spectacular healing power of going up against the New Orleans Saints, we know most of those wide receivers will play against the New Orleans Saints. So we'll get to see the big marquee matchup between the two. Uh, Just as a quick recap, ahead of last year's matchups against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Marshawn Lattimore in 13 games had only allowed nine catches on 20 receptions for an average of 51.4 yards per game. Uh, And against other competitors, Mike Evans' average was around 81.7 yards per game last year. Um, you know, it was under that 57.8 yards per game in terms of both of the matchups between these two. So my, uh, Marshall Lattimore should be able to continue his dominance in terms of his uh, matchup with Mike Evans. And then the intriguing thing for me is just going to be watching this head coach matchup. Very happy for both of these guys kind of stepping into similar roles here as defensive coordinators into head coaches. Really good stuff over on both sides for Dennis Allen, the head coach of the New Orleans Saints, and Todd Bowles, the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And finally, just let me hear that score prediction one more time. Saints 31, Bucks 24. You'll love to hear it. Uh, one of our loyal listeners, regulars, Yusef out in, in Arizona, actually, I, I jokingly posted on Facebook that the commanders are undefeated when I'm in the press box because <laughs> which is this true. Last Sunday was my first game covering the commanders in the press box. Mm-hmm. Um, so he asked me what my record was for the Buccaneers and I try to scramble through it. I've covered a lot of Buccaneers games, but honestly, I think they've all been preseason games because of schedule conflicts. Um, the only regular season game. I believe, if my memory serves correct, uh, that I've covered was actually while Jameis was still there, it was against Phoenix or the Phoenix, while wow, the Arizona Cardinals in 2019, and the Bucks won. So if I'm correct, the Buccaneers are undefeated when I am in the press box in attendance. I will be in New Orleans to invade Ross mm-hmm. Jackson's personal space this weekend, which means my prediction may not be correct because I am said good luck charm. 
Well, all I'm saying is that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are winless when I'm in the building because Ooh. Trevor Simeon beat them. So there's oh. that. Uh, oh. So <laughs> I've got the New Orleans Saints winning this one, 33 to 27. We'll see how it all goes on Sunday. Pain. Painful. <laughs> Emotional damage, Ross Jackson. That's <laughs> what I'm here for, man. I'm here to throw the punches. David, I appreciate you as always. Such a pleasure to be here with you. Yeah. Such a pleasure to be here as a part of this crossover Thursday, Locked on Bucks and Locked on Saints. Coming up tomorrow, make sure you get the final previews from both the Bucks and Saints podcast to get you ready for this Sunday's matchups, what both of this these teams need to do to walk away with a win. Until then, we appreciate you very much for making us Locked on Bucks, Locked on Saints. Your first listens of the day every day for your second listen. Make sure you go and check out the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. All of the expert NFL analysis you need in less than 30 minutes, wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate you so much. And for David Harrison at DHarrison82, I'm Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson N-O-L-A. Appreciate you very much for being here with us for another Crossover Thursday as part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Get $750 cash towards the lease of a 2024 NX350 all-wheel drive. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease cash offer and pricing details. Restrictions apply. Not all customers will qualify. Offer available in the Lexus Eastern area in April 1st, 2024.